series on the 7D of success is direction. 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 And I defined direction last week. I defined direction. In the episode one, I defined direction as the discovery and the pursuit of purpose. The discovery and the pursuit of purpose if you don't discover your purpose and you don't pursue your purpose, you have no direction in life. If your life is not driven by purpose, other forces will drive it in circles. So last week, I looked at the discovery of purpose. The discovery of purpose. Our anchor scripture on direction is Jeremiah 1 and the verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Based on this scripture, I told you five things about you. I told you, number one, that you were purpose created. Number two, I told you who gave birth to you was only a channel by which God brought you to this world. I also told you, number three, that your place of birth is only a geographical location and must not determine your destiny. I also told you that the circumstances of your birth must not determine your destiny. I also told you, based on Jeremiah 1 verse 5, that the timing of your birth has a divine reason. From there, I shared with you on seven ways to discover your purpose. Today, I want to share on the episode two, I want to share with you on what I call the pursuit of purpose. Into bracket, five ways to be where you want to be. Five ways to be where you want to be. Five ways to be where you want to be. Five ways to be where you want to be. The pursuit of purpose. Five ways. To be where you want to be in life. Some of you have been trying to be, to be somewhere. And yet you have not been there. You are very far away from where you desired to be. Five years ago, how you projected where you would be by 2011. You were nowhere near there. It's as if you are not even taking a step. But you have been trying. You, know, you have been trying. But if you are not pursuing a purpose your life will be going around in circles. So you realize you are always at the same place. You are always at the same place. My duty today is to unravel the secrets of pursuing purpose, attaining purpose, and celebrating purpose. 
So the pursuit of purpose, five ways to be where you want to be. Number one, number one, the first way to be where you want to be, the first way to pursue purpose, the first step in the pursuit of purpose is to define your mission in life. Define your mission in life. Define your mission in life. Define your mission. There are two groups of people here today. Two groups of people in this house today. Those who live for a season and those who live for a reason. Those who live for a season and those who live for a reason. Those who live for a season behave as if there is no tomorrow. Those who live for a season behave as if there is no tomorrow. To them, life is today. They make money today. They waste it today. They spend it today. They wake up and all they are looking for is how to survive today. There are people like that. Call them. Ask them. The next five years, what do you want to do with your life? They can't tell you. Ask them. Why are you in this year? They can never tell you because they live for a season. It is just about today. Nothing more. My life is about God will take care of tomorrow. They have the normal slogan, God will take care of tomorrow. Ask them, what is your plan? They will tell you, I am waiting upon the Lord. Yet you never see them even praying one day. What do you want to do with your life? I am just waiting upon the Lord. I am waiting to see what God will do. You have been waiting far too long to see what God will do. God has already done what he has to do. It is you who have not yet discovered what God is doing. He says, forget the former things. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Can't you see it? When God is doing something, you must see it. Some of us are so blind that we can't see what God is doing. What God is doing. If you live for a season, if you have not understood why you were created and you are living just for a season, you are living for the fun of it, you are just living your life as if there is no tomorrow, you will never ever make progress in life. Because life is not just about season. You are not just a flower who is here today and is gone tomorrow. You are a tree whose roots must gain grounds and whose leaves must not wither and who must bear your fruits in season and even out of season. Second people, those who live for a reason. Let me show you something from the scriptures. John chapter 18 and the verse 37. You are king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. For this reason I was born. Now Jesus knew the reason for which he was born. For this reason I was born. For this reason I was born. Jesus stated the reason for which he was born. And he said, for this reason I was born. What was the reason? And for this I came into this world. He said, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. 
That's what the Bible says. Grace and truth came from him. The reason why he was born was to testify about the truth. Was to bring the truth of God's kingdom. The truth of salvation. We were blinded. The devil was manipulating all of us. Then Jesus comes into the scene for one reason. To testify about the truth. Now it was because Jesus did not live for a season. But lived for a reason. That is why after his death. 2,500 years ago. We still worship him. The book that contains his story. The Bible is the best seller. Almost every home owns a Bible. No religion makes sense without quoting from the Bible. Because the man did not live for a season. He lived for a reason. He discovered his reason. He defined his mission. My reason for existence, my reason for existence, number one is to help people to know Christ. Is to help people to discover their purpose, number two. Number three is to help people to create wealth. And number four is to help people to impact their generation. And I can tell you in this church, people will testify that I have been able to help them to know Christ. I have been able to help them to discover their purpose. I have been able to help them to create wealth. And they are impacting their generation. That is my reason. That is why I preach. That is why That is why I pray. That is why I fast. That is why I'm here every Sunday to speak to you. I do things by reason, not by seasons. Number two, number two, the pursuit of purpose. Number two, develop your vision. 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 There are two types of people here in this church today. Two types of people. The myopics and the hyperopics. The myopics and the hyperopics. There are two ways in which you look into the future. You either look into the future with your eyesight or you look into the future with your mind sight. Those who look at things, who look into their future with their eyesight are myopic. They are short-sighted. Those who look into the future with their mindset are hyperopics. Hyperopics, they can see very far and see very far. A man of vision, a woman of vision, is the person who does not allow what he sees with his eyesight to intimidate him or her, but transcends beyond what he sees with the eyesight and sees into the future with your mindset. And what you see with your mind's sight in the future, if you allow it to regulate your behavior today, we say you are a man of vision. You are a woman of vision. I came to Spinters Road. Whilst I was living in an uncompleted building, my body was lying in an uncompleted building. But my mind was not in the uncompleted building. I didn't feel the mosquito bites. I did not feel the cockroaches in the uncompleted building. I did not even see them. I did not even see the rats running through the uncompleted building. You know what I was seeing. Though my, my body was in an uncompleted building, my mind was living in one of the executive houses on the Sprinters Road. My mind had traveled 10 years ahead. 10 years ahead of my body. 10 years ahead of my situation. 10 years ahead of my crisis. And I was seeing solutions. 10 years. And the reason why I never get discouraged in life, 
the reason why I'm never easily intimidated and I don't easily give up is because I have refused to be myopic. I have refused to look at things with my eyesight. I have always looked at things with my mindset. And what I see in the future is so beautiful. Though what I'm seeing now is very bleak with my eyesight. But what I see in the future with my mindset is so bright. That I, I choose to focus on what I see with my mindset than what I see with my eyesight. And that is how men of vision live. If you want to pursue a purpose, create a mental picture of your desired future image based on your reason for existence. And let that mental picture that goes about five years ahead of you drive you. Let your vision, what you see, be the leo that stays, makes you stay focused and puts you in your track and move on. And others will say, hey, buddy, where are you going? You know where you are going. You, you are not seeing what I'm seeing because I'm looking with my mind sight. You are looking with your eyesight. I'm looking with my mind sight. It gives you, your vision will give you focus. Your vision will, will channel all your energies, your resources, and your time into focusing on something in the future. And you work hard and run toward that thing in the future. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Number three, okay, before we go to the number three, let me just support what I've just said with this scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and the verse 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and the verse 14. The wise man has eyes in his head while the fool walks in darkness. Number three, the third thing to do if you want to pursue a purpose in life is that decide decide your deadlines. Number one, define your mission. Number two, develop your vision. Number three, decide your deadlines. Your deadlines. Again, there are two groups of people here in this church. Those who are doing yesterday's things today and those who are doing today's things today. Two groups of people. Those who are doing yesterday's things today and those who are doing today's things today. When you don't have a deadline in your life, if you don't say, by two months from today, I should be able to attain this and have this and do this. If you don't have deadlines, you always procrastinate. Some of you, what you should have done yesterday in your life, you are doing it today. Because you did not have deadlines. And though you are doing yesterday's things today, you are not even in a hurry to finish yesterday's things today and see whether you can catch up with today's things. But there are people sitting beside you. In fact, they are doing yesterday's things. They are doing today's things today. And they are even finishing to begin tomorrow's things. Are you understanding me? Some things you have done five years ago, you haven't done them. And you are still in today. You are saying, I'll do it, I'll do it. Yeah, some of you know what I'm talking about. Five years ago, you should have gone to school, like, but now you have your first degree. Five years ago, you should have checked into a school again, but now like, you have your second degree. You did not. 
You wanted to make some quick money. You don't worry. When I made this money, I'll go back to school. When I made this money, I'll go back to school. When I made this money, I'll go back to school. You are running late because you don't have deadlines. You are running late because you don't have deadlines. You are running late because you don't have deadlines. You don't see it. You don't see that you are late because you don't have deadlines. You are not saying that by this time I should have done this. The journey of a thousand miles will always begin with a step. But some of you want to leap. And as far as you have not gotten the energy to leap, then you won't take the first step. That is your problem. That is your problem. You are late in life because you have no deadlines. I have deadlines. I started a training organization. I said, in seven years' time, it must become an university. I worked around the clock to make sure that they were fulfilled. And I've given myself, in 20 years' time, almost every political leader in Africa, directly or indirectly, would have been affected by my university. Because we have Christian principles. But, whilst I'm, I'm seeing 20 years from today, I've given myself deadlines. That by five years, we should take the whole of West Africa. And within that five years, in two years' time, we should take Nigeria in addition to Ghana. By the third year, we should hit Sierra Leone and Liberia. By the fourth year, we should hit all the English African countries. By the fifth year, the, the, the Fran uh, Francophone countries will be hit by our training. And they'll be trooping to Ghana to study with us. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? So though I have a 20-year plan, I have deadlines. Once I am meeting my deadlines, then I know that I am gradually getting to there, that place. But if I say, because it's 20 years, I'm waiting for 20 years, 10 years will come. I will not have done anything. I have deadlines, set deadlines. Decide your deadlines. That before this year will be ending, this is what I want to do. Tap somebody by the shoulder and say, give yourself deadlines. The Bible says that in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. It is only in heaven that there are no deadlines because there is no time. But here, there must be deadline. There is time for everything. There is time for everything. Hmm. Number four, number four, declare your values. Declare your values. Let everybody know. Again, there are two groups of people in this house. The Josephs and the Samsons. The Josephs and the Samsons. The Josephs have moral codes that everybody knows that these are our moral codes. The Samsons have no moral codes. Okay? The Josephs will say, because of my reason for existence, I have these laws that regulate my behavior. You understand? You see how some of you are very comfortable worshipping here and me being your pastor? Because you know that I have rules that regulate my behavior. And as far as I'm your pastor, I'm not going to create a mess for you. So people will say, ah, look at your pastor, look at your pastor. I have such values that I, 
that I hold on to so dearly to my heart. But I want to be a Joseph, not a Samson. Are you understanding me? Give yourself rules and regulations that should regulate your behavior. Regulate your behavior. One of my major cardinal values is to put smiles in everybody's face. And I find fulfillment, fulfillment in seeing that people are happy. So sometimes I'll go out of myself to ensure that you are happy. The other value I have is to show respect to everybody. Show respect to everybody. No matter how God leads me, I got to show respect to everybody. James chapter 1 verse 21, the Bible said, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth. And the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. When the word of God is planted in you, you can walk in the moral high grounds. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, finally, ladies and gentlemen, number five, devise your strategies. Devise your strategies. Devise your strategies. Again, there are two groups of people here in this church. They're in the box and the out of the box people. They're in the box and the out of the box people. The in the box people are people who simply do not even know at all. They just even do not know what is going on around them. The change is taking place because they are the in the box people. About 15 years ago, when I was telling my pastor friends that Charlie, the way I see the charismatic movement growing and the caliber of people coming to church, our knowledge of Greek and Hebrew will not be enough for us to pastor them. So after studying theology a little, let me move away and study other things. And I chose personally to go to a secular school to go and learn leadership, management, governance, because I had gotten born again at the age of 14. My whole life had been in the kingdom. I knew nothing about worldly people. So I chose to go into a worldly school and sat there studying with worldly people, understood their mindset, the way they behave, and learned a lot of things. That is why today I can pastor you the way I pastor you because I know my environment. I know what is going on. I am an out-of-the-box pastor, not the in-the-box pastor. A strategist is someone who knows his environment, what is going on within his environment, and devise the right strategies to take advantage of the opportunities in the environment and to deal with the dangers, the threats within the environment. When you are an in-the-box person, you don't know things going on around your environment. I told you the story of the two frogs who fell into a pot of water. Frog A and Frog B. Frog, the pot of water actually belonged to an old lady who was going to use it to boil hot water to take a bath. While they were lying in the pot of water, the old lady came and carried the pot and put it on fire. Frog A told Frog B that the, the temperature of the water is changing. Frog B said, oh, nothing is changing. You, you are too sensitive. He said, no, that thing is changing. He said, nothing is changing. 
So frog A jumped out of the pot. Frog B remained in the pot until it was boiled and died prematurely because frog B was an in-the-boss frog and could not even detect when the environment was changing. Frog A was an out-of-the-box frog. When the environment was changing, he knew it. Friends, things are changing around you. Ask the next person sitting beside you, are you a frog A or a frog B? My friend, answer the question. Okay, on the basis of your answer, I want to thank you for coming to the service today. God bless you. I hope you were blessed by the message. Um, I'm excited. Please, if you did, um, get in touch with me. You can visit my website, www.titiofair.com. You can also send me a mail at pastor.titiofair.com. Or you can also go on Facebook and write on my wall. Just search for Gideon Titiofair and write on my wall. And let me just communicate with you. I try as much as possible to get back to almost everybody that writes on my wall on um, Facebook. So I'll try to get back to you. Sheepfold Chapel is located on the Sprinters Road. You get the Unibank. Ask anybody, the basket bus stop or the Unibank or the new MTN office, which they are yet to open. And when you get there, ask anybody you are looking for Sheepfold. You will even see our, our billboard there. Follow the, the entire road beside this uncompleted story building where our billboard is located. And just follow that entire road and you will find Sheepfold Chapel. You know what? I cannot also leave without asking you to give your life to Jesus. If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, please pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. And I believe that if I confess my sins, you will forgive me my sins. Lord, today I confess my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And forgive me my sins. I thank you, Lord, for hearing me. In your name I have prayed. Amen. If we pray this prayer, I just want you to know, you just got born again. So come to church. Amen. Thank you and God bless you. We're grateful for tuning in to the Pleasant Word broadcast with Bishop Gideon Titi Ofer. Brought to you by the Pleasant Place Shifo Chapel. The church with pleasant people. Find the pleasant place on the Spinters Road, Basket Bus Stop, near Unibank. Dial 0264 133 333. 0264 133 333 for more information. Come and worship. Come and be blessed before the Lord. Come and worship.